0: Thank you once again for tuning into our Tuesday edition of the podcast. we certainly like to welcome each of our listeners today. We appreciate each one of you that tune in, some of you each and every day. We appreciate the opportunity that we have to preach to you and to bring the Word of God via the podcast. We're in Black Creek, New York, at the Black Creek Baptist Church tonight, and it will be our second night of services, but uh, R.G. Rose preached last night, and that's after a full day on Sunday, and then this morning at 10 o'clock, we'll also have meeting here at the church, uh, 7 o'clock tonight, and then tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and then Thursday, we'll also have a 10 o'clock and a 7 o'clock close out Friday at 7 o'clock. Next week, We'll be up in Akron, New York, looking forward to the Word of God being preached each and every night in Akron. Those of you who are able to be with us, we'd love to have you in the services. So pray for our services this morning, pray for them tonight as well, pray for Brother Rose and myself as we'll be preaching the October meeting here in Black Creek, New York. We're back in Matthew chapter 11 today. In Matthew 11, Jesus Christ has instructed his disciples. Of course, he has preached to them. He has gone where he needed to go, done what he needed to do. And he's given them their final instructions before they go out into this world with Jesus Christ as his disciples. And the word of God tells us in verse one, as it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. And it's interesting, but he says of this matter that he gave him to end of commanding his twelve disciples, he called them from all around. And he goes into their cities to preach. He goes in there to preach himself. Why? The gospel of Jesus Christ. To tell men the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is the ministry of Jesus Christ. He is going to heal, he is going to raise the dead. He is going to visit men where they are. He came to his own. His own received him not. That's the prophecy of what is going to take place. But yet he does come to his own here. In verse 2, now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And I've heard men preach, this is John's time of doubt. This is John's times of disputing. This is John without faith. No, what you see here, a man has not seen Jesus Christ. He has not heard him preach. He has not sat under his ministry. All he's done is baptized him in the river Jordan, and henceforth he has been taken and put into prison. John is not watching his earthly ministry, and so he wants to ensure that this man that they're speaking of is the same man that he baptized in the River Jordan when the Spirit of God came upon him like a dove, and the voice from heaven told them, this is my beloved son. He wants to ensure it's the same man. He's not living a life of doubt, a life of faithlessness, and a life of fear. He just wants to know if this is one or do we seek another. And Jesus answered and said unto them, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. There it is. There's the ministry of Christ. This is he. This is not another. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. This cannot be antichrist. This is certainly not a false Christ because he's doing the miracles that God said he would do. He is a fulfillment of all prophecy. He is a fulfillment of all law. And that's what John is looking for. And so they're in prison. He doesn't have eyes to see. He doesn't have ears to hear. They're speaking of this man and he wants to ensure it's the same man that he has met. He goes on and says, and blessed is he. Whosoever shall not be offended in me. A lot of folks offended in Christ. A lot of folks say they love the Lord, but they're offended easily. And that's why Psalm 119, 165 tells us, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. In verse 13 of Romans chapter 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? One of the identifiers of those that believe is in verse 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Peter said that they believe on him shall not be confounded, but to those of us that believe, he is precious. And so here is the question that's asked John. Jesus responds and tells them what to tell him and then tells them to tell John, blessed is he, so whosoever shall not be offended in me. And those that are offended by the Son of God, those that are offended by his ministry, those that are offended by the words of God, are not his disciples. Verse 7, And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What would you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what would you out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what would you out to see? Then Jesus says, A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. And so he challenges them about their religion. What are they looking for? They're looking for someone in fine linen, someone in king's garments. They're looking for someone uh, that's shaken by the wind, some little soft-spoken, uh, little limp-wristed, little preacher. Is that what they're looking for? That's what they're looking for today. Someone that does not offend, someone that does not speak harsh words. Someone that does not point, someone that does not point people out, someone that just comes in, does religious duty, and performs the manifestation of that religious duty, but they're not looking for a preacher. And many years ago, I preached a message, and I preached on, "Do you want a preacher?" And I went through the prophets of God, and I talked about what are the qualifications of them that made them a preacher. They were fearless, they were bold, but most of all, they had a message from God. Whatever it takes to present that message, whatever it takes to preach that message. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for those that will take his message to a lost and dying world. He's not looking for those that are shaken by the wind. He's not looking for those swayed by money. He's not looking for those that want to wear soft, fine garments as they do in king's houses. But not just a prophet. That's what Jesus Christ said. He said more than a prophet. For this is he. So when he says this is he, he's telling us now he was not just a prophet of God, But this is he whom the scriptures spake of. And by the way, if John had not introduced Jesus Christ to this world, then he wouldn't have been Christ. Because the scripture must be fulfilled. It must fulfill prophecy concerning what Jesus Christ is speaking of here, the prophecy of Isaiah. When in verse 10 it says, For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. That is the promise of God. God sent a messenger. Therefore, when they heard the message of John and he called men to repentance, they should have known that Jesus Christ was coming because Isaiah told them that there would be a messenger first that would tell them of the Christ, and then he would preach the Christ, and then men would know that he was the Christ. Yet, they would not receive John. They put John in prison. Why did they put him in prison? Because of covetousness, the lust of their flesh. That's the way most men are today. They reject truth because they're covetous, the lust of their flesh. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So the very least of the kingdom in heaven is greater than he, than John. And yet he was a prophet of God. He was that forerunner. He was that one that called the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. He spake according to the word of God. And yet... The least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He was a great prophet of God. He was introduced as a prophet of God. Here he is in prison, he's languishing, but Jesus Christ tells them he was a great, there's none greater born of women. This is the greatest of all men. Yes, he had the spirit of Elijah. Yes, he had the spirit of the prophets, but we're in the New Testament. We're in the book of Matthew. John was that last great prophet of God, Old Testament type prophet of God. Yes, John prophesied. Yes, Paul prophesied. But what we see here. In this prophecy fulfilled is John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. He's speaking of Jesus Christ, that one that has been foretold for all of these years. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. So he said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Why is it? Because God permits it. It is allowed by God. And they're going to suffer violence. Why? Men are going to rise against men. In fact, John himself is beheaded in prison. Why? Because he's going to suffer violence for the cause of Christ, for the name of Christ. That's why later on, we see in the epistles that he said that, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. This isn't a life for the faint of heart. This isn't a life for the the man that doesn't want to consecrate himself to Christ. This is a life of persecution. This is a life of suffering. This is a life of obeying the word of God for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Now that comes to an interesting place because if we read over in Luke 24, we understand that Jesus Christ had to open the understanding of his disciples. He took the scriptures and he expounded unto them all the things in the law and the prophets concerning himself. And they still didn't have their understanding open. Then he opens their understanding, then he reveals to them the things in the law and the prophets and the Psalms concerning him. But he's already told them in Matthew chapter 11. He said, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. One of the things you do not see mentioned in the Old Testament is that David was a great prophet of God. Yet you could see the prophecies of David. You'd have to have absolutely no understanding to realize that David was a prophet. Yet Peter in Acts chapter 2 had to tell the first church. He had to tell them, no, Jesus Christ was prophesied by David because he was a great prophet of God. We know that Asaph was a prophet. Why? Because the word of God told us that Asaph prophesied. And so the law and the prophets all spake of this time. They spake at this moment. They were pointing to one great event, and it was Jesus Christ coming to earth, born of a woman, made of a woman, made under the law, according to the scriptures, and then, of course, we know that Jesus Christ would die for our sins according to the scriptures. And after his earthly is finished, when he dies, he lays for three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That says Jonah was three days, three nights in the whale's belly. We know that his body was three days and three nights in the grave. And then we know that Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave. He rose again according to the scriptures. And so all of these things are scriptural. All these things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. For all, there's the key word, all the prophets and law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. Now it's interesting because he tells us this was Elias. And yet, these folks today, they would say, well, certainly not. That's just an, an allegory. That's just a metaphor. You know, they fill in the blanks, whatever they choose for that. He said, if you will receive it. The problem is men don't want to receive that. John the Baptist was born of a woman. He came out of, it was not a miraculous conception. He had an earthly father. He had an earthly mother. Yet, we see if he was Elias, he had the spirit of Elias. Why did he have the spirit of Elias? life? Because God chose to do that. He laid upon him that boldness of the prophets. He had that holy boast. He was not ashamed of Jesus Christ. He was not ashamed to be a prophet of God. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. That's the problem with a lot of folks. They just don't have ears to hear. They're not willing to hear what the scripture saith. They do not see Jesus Christ in prophecy. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, we have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not not lamented. For John came at neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath a devil. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. And so he tells them, basically, you're immature little babies. That's what you are. You're like this generation is just like these children. They sit in the markets and call unto their fellows. What are they calling them for? They said, we have piped in you. You have not danced. You've not done what we've wanted you to do. You've not met our demands. But the idea was that Jesus Christ was not going to meet their demands. Jesus Christ was not a, a pawn in their game. He was not going to do according to their will. He was going to do the will of their father. But they could not see this. They had no understanding because they didn't believe the scripture. This is like a man today. He has no understanding just because he doesn't believe the scripture. A man today, his eyes are closed to things of God. He doesn't believe the scripture. And so they've not changed in this generation in which I live in today, in the generation of this podcast of which we're preaching today. They also do not have ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand. They cannot understand the things of God. Why is that? Because they're expecting, and their expectation, rather, if you will, is that of what they want, not what God demands. You know, most folks have religion without Christ. And so they have a demand of religion, but yet without Jesus Christ. They put that demand on everyone about what their religion ought to be. One of the things that's been uh, different for me in my ministry, but it's just how I am in ministries, I don't let men put demands on me how we're an evangelist. You know, we don't have six messages and go around and preach those six messages word for word and give a big invitation and happy will come to the altar call and make amends for the wickedness of their life. No, we just preach the word of God. We go where God wants us to go. We do what God wants us to do. We don't want to have demands put on us by earthly vessels that have no sway over us and have and have no power over us, yet they try to have power. And I've lost meetings. I've lost churches because of that. I won't give in to their whims. And I'm not trying to be rebellious or hard-hearted about that. But it's because you see these things. They've piped and not dance. We mourned unto you and you have not lamented. You've not been at my beck and call. Was John at their beck and called? No, he was not a reed shaken by the wind. He was a man. And he set his backbone, he set his face like a flint, just as Jesus Christ did. He put his backbone as steel. Ezekiel had an adamant harder than a flint. And why? So the little goats butted up against him, he would just headbutt him. It didn't bother him one minute. The son of man came eating and drinking. They say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine bibber." So John didn't eat and drink. They said, he hath the devil. Why? They didn't understand who John was. They didn't believe the message of John. But Jesus Christ, he ate and drank, unlike John. And they said, Behold, a man gluttonous, a winder, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. And therefore, the ministry of Jesus Christ is justified of wisdom. Why is that? Because it's the message, not the messenger. It's the word that's being preached, not the messenger. There's a lot of folks need to get that in their minds today. There's a lot of preachers that need to get that in their minds. It's not the messenger, it's the message. And the messenger is expendable. Jesus Christ was, John was. You and I were. How, how is it we think we're not expendable when John the Baptist was? You say Jesus Christ was expendable? Sure, he died. He was killed by men. He was slain of the Jews. And yet his message was the greatest message ever been told, the greatest message ever preached. And there's men today that think their message is so important. Well, John's was important for a time. Then God took him and he was beheaded in prison, all in the will of God, all with the knowledge of God. Could God have stopped it? Yes, he could have, but he chose not to. his earthly ministry was done. Once he introduced Jesus Christ, there was nothing else he needed to do. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, with the rest of chapter 11. There's a lost soul who started of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all of nine.